Welcome to Disney Minus Reverse Rebirth. I think I finally said it right. <laughs> the off-week installment of Disney Minus, where instead of talking about Disney movies, I am dragging Cat through the Kingdom Hearts series. I'm Steven, and I feel like I had decided on a bit for this one, but I forgot it, so whatever. I'm Cat, and at this point, this game is seriously starting to feel like if Disney did telenovelas. I mean... <laughs> I'm not wrong, is the thing. Okay, so speaking of, it has been a while since the last episode, because understandable. Indeed it has. Do you remember what was going on? Barely. <laughs> okay, let's um, let's see what you remember first, and then I'll try to fill in the rest. All right, well, you know, I was trying to go back and rewatch some of it from, you know, earlier today. Yes. Um, but I know that basically Roxas is, like, trying to merge with Sora it sounds like they're sharing memories he doesn't know entirely what's going on with Sora he just knows that he keeps seeing these memories of these events and other people that when he's in the memory flash he knows who they are um I know that every now and then we keep getting interrupted I like basically a really bad VHS tape saying <laughs> something is at a certain percentage level um restoration at yeah, restoration. blank percent yes thank you um Namine seems to be trying to remind Roxas of who he truly is. Her proportions still really bug me. She's built like a Bratz doll. <laughs> With the big feet and the big hands and the really big head. I'm sorry. but The um, secret is that everyone in this series has those proportions. They just are able to cover it up with bigger clothes. I mean, this is very true. Um, I do know that so far in this game, I have yet to refer to Riku as a shit bitch. Yes. Um, I know that we have seen, uh, the return of frickin' Ed Hardy Party Boat Dude. <laughs> Anthem, who I still don't like. Uh, don't like Diz. No, you're correct Def there. Definitely like Roxas. Yes, he's a good um, boy. I like Roxas. His friends have atrocious fashion sense. <laughs> I like Axel. Um, Cypher's a dick. Mm. Uh, yes. that's a as much as I remember so far. Like you said, it's been a while. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so yeah, um, Roxas was living out the last uh, week of his summer vacation and oh, right. then the world started to fall apart and it turned out he was in the Matrix. <laughs> um, he had gotten captured by Diz and a guy who is calling himself, who says that he is Ansem and has Riku's uh, sword thing from the first game. Um, Oh, right, the Keyblade that I like. Yeah. Um, Soul Leader. I just like its names. Right? Name. I don't know why I put an S at the end. Oh, anyway. That's an awesome name. True. Um, anyway, yeah, then... Do what? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the toast I was going to eat for tomorrow morning's breakfast, and I just realized they went moldy up the side. <laughs> that was bad. Sorry. Anyway, um, continue. Axel showed up and tried to convince Roxas to go to leave with him, but Roxas was like, who are you? Yeah, this is like you are. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Hmm, come again for big fudge. Uh, Roxas eventually got his memories back. Turns out he is member number thirteen of Organization Thirteen. You'll remember them from Chain of Memories when Sora killed half of them, eh, give or take. Um. But before he could deal with that, uh, it turned out that he also, yeah. Okay, they did say. I think they said pretty much explicitly that he is Sora's. Uh, that he, like, has a connection to Sora, and that Sora couldn't wake up until Roxas went back to him. And so, the last thing that we left off on was 
Roxas <laughs> going or like going back to merge with or be absorbed into Sora, and then we finally got the title card for Kingdom Hearts two. So we are officially starting the game. After how many weeks now? <laughs> I know, right? After two weeks and six days and a whole bunch of sadness. Yep. So anyway, uh, go ahead. Asked me that when I was back, the last time I was back home, when she and I were talking at one point, she was asking about Kingdom Hearts, and she was like, she asked what game we were on again, and I was like, I told, I told her we're on Kingdom Hearts two, and she goes, so are you guys even done with the prologue yet? Yes. Oh, I, th- I said before I came here, I was like, we literally just finished. The <laughs> yeah. Man, could you imagine if we had left off in the middle of it? There, I did. Exactly. At that point, I probably would have had to tell Haley and Sam, because my, my old room where I stay is right next to theirs. I would have been like, look, y'all are going to hear me talking next door. Do not yell spoilers through the wall. <laughs> well, I told them I hear spoilers. I'm banging on this wall. Right. Okay, so if you are ready, we can go ahead and start our time for this episode. Um, Uh, Listeners, real talk, it's raining outside. My power has already flickered once, so we're going to see if we can actually get the whole episode done in one shot. Yeah, his power's flickering, and mine, my internet actually went completely out earlier. Now, if the internet goes (laughs) out, I still run on... Yeah, no, that's a whole other rant that Steven's heard, but... Nope. So we're both having various degrees of storm. So if we have to, I mean, and again, if we have to, we can pick up tomorrow. Um, I'm pulling up my timer and I'm also pulling up Ansem reports. So bear with me. Yes. I have already made sure that all of my pictures are cropped down enough that everything should post. So we shouldn't have any weird, awkward pauses like we did before. All right. So I've got Ansem reports up and I am starting the timer in three, two, one, now. Back. Title card, Kingdom Hearts 2. In this case, Final Mix. Um, uh, I know we just had that whole big heavy scene with uh, Roxas finding Sora's sleepy pod, and so you probably assume that we're going to pick up right there, but no, instead we go to the train station. Because of course we do. Yeah, right. Where the literally the same train that Roxas saw that was the ghost train (laughs) pulls up. Yes, I do remember the, the ghost train and the creepy mansion. I remember those. Yeah. Uh, that train pulls up. We're we're in real Twilight Town. We're no longer in Matrix Twilight Town. We won't get back to that for a while. Um, and a very familiar looking mouse gets out of it. I have already posted a picture. I have no idea who that is. Really? Oh, okay. That 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 must be Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. Anyway, uh, we get one last shot of our boy Roxas. In like this is entirely symbolic because it's just him standing on a black void, kind of looking around, and then he says Sora's name, and it cuts over to Sora waking up in the pod. <laughs> and I don't know about uh, you, but an egg nap sounds like it would be really refreshing. Yeah. Okay. I don't... A little pod like blocked off from everything outside, nothing bothering you, just a nice quiet little nap. Yeah. No, this thing would be a great like sensory deprivation chamber, dude. Right. Um. But Sora, who, in fairness, has not used his legs in, like, a year, uh, basically just falls out of the pod, and Donald and Goofy catch him. But then it's so sweet, they're also... Yeah. But then it's so sweet, they're also happy to see each other that, like, they all just join hands and, like, bounce up and down in a little circle. Okay, that I will judge them for. (laughs) It's so cute. Okay, that I am so judging them for. (laughs) Um, and then Jiminy reminds us that he exists, 
uh, for a minute. Uh, he gets out of he pops out of Sora's hood, and basically they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" And this is where <laughs> we get a recap of the first game, where Sora's like, "Well, let's see. We defeated Ansem, brought peace to the worlds, sealed Kingdom Hearts, and now we were looking, er, and then we were supposed to be looking for the King and Riku, right?" Yeah. Jiminy, what's your journal say? And Jiminy's like, oh my god, my journal's blank. They're, the only message in it just says, thank nominee. Yep. And this is where I really, really, really feel like he should have written more down because they all three go, huh, I wonder who that is. Oh, well. <laughs> like, <laughs> Way to be vague there, asshole. You could have you written down literally anything else, my dude. God damn it, other kind of sort of me. <laughs> no um but they they basically they brush that off and they're like well we're at a place let's go look around they're if you remember they're still in twilight town i already yes. I already said that didn't i da, 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 making sure i am not forgetting anything okay yeah in terms of gameplay um all of these stats and abilities and items and whatever that roxas had those all just carry over to sora so that's cool i guess you don't lose those um at, while they're walking they just wander over to where Hainer, Pencil, and Olette hang out. And uh, before they go in, Sora, like, stops, and he's like, you know, this place feels kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> but I did post a, I did put a picture in the Ansem chat, because now we actually have a good full-body shot of him, and I love how they have made him look too, bi- like, too big for his clothes, because he's still wearing his Kingdom Hearts 1 clothes, even though it's been a year. He's got some high-water pants going on now. I know. Our baby boy's growing up. Baby but, boy needs a trip to the Gap. <laughs> but um, they they go into the usual spot, you know, where Hainer, Pence, and Olet hang out. And, like, Hainer immediately tells them to leave. He's like, who the fuck are you guys? Get out. But Pence and Olet are like, oh, hey, dudes, what's up? New kids? Hi. And... Sora's like, oh, we were just looking around, didn't want to cause any trouble. <laughs> and Alette's like, oh, man, have you guys finished up the homework yet? And Sora's like, homework? <laughs> the feeling of every, like, college and high school student ever, what homework? <laughs> I know. He even, he even looks over to Donald and Goofy, like, do you guys know? And they're both, they both just shrug. They're like, oh. Um... This is where, though, they do, they, they ask their name, or Pence asks what their names are, they introduce themselves, uh, this game immediately starts the trend off, which, I mean, I think happened some in Kingdom Hearts 1, but it feels like it picks up and happens a lot more from now on, of just collectively referring to the group as Sora, Donald, and Goofy, in that order, the same way every time. But, that does prompt Pence to be like, oh, hey, there was a guy here that was looking for you guys a little while ago. He was wearing a cloak, so like we couldn't see his face, but he had these big round ears. And he said for you guys to go meet him at the train station. And Not they're like vicious at all. <laughs> they're like, there's literally only one person that could be. <laughs> Any other so normal t- person would be like, so you didn't tell him where we were, right? I know. <laughs> I just. <clears throat> Remember, everybody, aside from Vivi, everybody in Twilight Town is just a normal-ass human, and he seems fine with this talking rat having been like, Have you seen my friends? These motherfuckers are going to wind up on the side of a milk carton. I mean... Or on a sea salt ice cream wrapper. Ah, there we go. That seems more likely. I know, right? Um, But yeah, so they, they go to the station, 
but on the way, they pass through the Sandlot, that little area where the struggle tournament had been. That's called the Sandlot. I don't really know why. There's no sand. That's always bothered me. But fuck it. Whatever, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and much like Hayner, Cypher immediately tries to pick a fight. Like, he he immediately goes up to Sora and is like, hey, are you here to pick a fight? And Sora's like, no. <laughs> but, and this is the this dude is the weirdest fucking dude. The guy who was, like, the announcer for the struggle tournament over in Matrix Twilight Town. He, like, comes up and breaks up Sora and Cypher from getting into a fight. But it's not because he doesn't want people fighting. He's like, Hayner, I'm a really big fan. And I want to see more of your super cool moves after the tournament. So if you guys are going to fight, why not make it a proper struggle? And Hayner's like, oh. Why don't you not go bite me? Not Hayner, Cypher. Cypher's like, um, okay. Cypher's the worst when you confront him. Well, in fairness to him, he's a teen, and this is an adult just being like, I really like watching you fight people. Yeah. So he's just like, all right, sure. And basically, they, I don't know, there's no in-game explanation for why you can't just do it now. (laughs) But he's like, all right, so come back later when we can have a struggle. And it's like, all right, I guess. Um, But they do go to the, they have a, they do go to the station. Jesus, that was harder to say than it should have been. Um, and some more of those squiggly dudes in white uh, show up. Uh, this is where, I think I've posted it before, but the camera lingers on this little symbol that's on like their foreheads, so you get a real good look at it. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> You're laughing because it looks like a butt, aren't you? No. Liar. Balsack. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it was one of the two. <laughs> okay, I'm good. Uh-huh. Anyway, so you fight you fight the squiggly dudes for a little <laughs> while, and then it's time for a dramatic entrance. The camera literally just goes way above them, like it's at the top of the fucking clock tower, looking down, and like you see a foot. I'm not like I didn't crop this to show less of the person. You see their foot. <laughs> Freaking club foot. I know. <laughs> and then this ah! little itty bitty dude jumps down and like you remember in Star Wars episode two in Star Wars episode two where Yoda like fought Count Dooku and he was like bouncing all over the room and shit. Yep. A little, like a little pinball machine. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, a little bit toned down because there are only like five guys, five little enemies for him to fight. But yeah, he like bounces around and just beats the shit out of all the little squiggly dudes. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Like, he's... It looks like a freaking chess piece right there. I know. He's like, he's trying to hide himself here. Uh, the camera zooms in on his keyblade, because as you can tell, it's just a color-inverted version of Sora's. And he he gives them the, the money pouch that got stolen from Roxas, if you remember. And tells them to get on the train. The train knows the way. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? I vaguely remember. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, eh. Um, he, but he gives them that pouch, and um, you actually do get a little flash saying that you get a pouch with 5,000 money inside, and also the blue crystal. <laughs> money, which the spelling still bugs the shit. I know, it's so dumb and silly. I love it. I- um, like earlier today and last night, well, not last night because I was playing Final Fantasy, but earlier today when I was like trying to find the cutscenes and stuff to watch the prologue, 
I couldn't find one for just the prologue. I had to find like the entire cutscene movie and then just watch to make sure I didn't go too far past. But the first thing that comes up is Kingdom Hearts 2 money. It just made me feel <laughs> so much rage. I see a page filled with that word. Very good. Going back to a past episode, a word that we would like to see disappear and vanish, that one right there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, No, so (laughs) it's so fucking stupid, though. Like, this is obviously Mickey, of course. But he's like, he's sitting here, he's like, he won't turn around to face Sora, Donald, and Goofy. And he, like, is not, he's saying as little as he can. And when, like, they try to address him as your majesty. He, like, holds a finger up and shushes them. Not like he doesn't have, like, the most, one of the most distinctive silhouettes in Disney. (laughs) I I know. It's so dumb. But they ask about Riku, and he's like, I can't tell you right now. It's too dangerous. Or something like that. I don't remember. I didn't write down exactly what he says, and I watched this part, like, a while ago. Um, But, so then he leaves. He just runs off. And Sora, Donald, and Goofy are like, okay, sure, I guess. Um, Sora asks, uh, or Donald and Goofy ask, like, well, okay, so we've kind of got a vague idea of where the king is. Sora, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm going to keep looking for for Riku. What are you guys going to do? And Goofy's like, well, gosh, Sora, do you have to ask? Because obviously they're going to tag along with Sora. What what else were they going to (laughs) do? So he's like, "All right, we'll go on one uh, one last adventure together." What do you guys say? And I'm like, ha, 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 "One last adventure, funny." How many games later are we now? Uh, <laughs> um, this is where um, you we, the screen the thing pops up. We have gotten secret Ansem report too. So you remember the Ansem reports for the from the first game? Yes. Now there are the secret Ansem reports. Ooh. I know. And does this mean I can finally go into the Kingdom Hearts spoilers board? <laughs> no. No, yeah. we're going to keep that there for well cuz we've still got games to cover. So we're going to keep that there for just general the discussion of everything past whatever's already been covered. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll um staying out of it. <laughs> but uh, what I cannot do this time, if you remember last time I just saved all of the Ansem reports for like the very last episode and just did them all then, uh-huh. because the Let's Player that I was watching for that one, he already played the series, so he didn't like pause to read them or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, Nico B, this is, this is his first time going through the series in the Let's Play that I'm watching of his, so he actually is pausing to sit there and read it. So it's like, I could save them them all for the very end, but you'll have gotten you'll have seen them by then anyway. So instead, what I think I'm going to do any episode we have where one comes up, I will as a separate recording just record myself reading that one and like tack it on to the very end of that episode. Then probably once we've gotten all of them, just release them all as like a supercut together as like a bonus or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to stop and read it right now, but it'll be on the finished episode. And you'll see it whenever you, like, watch this this part of the Let's Play. Um, yeah. Just know that, that it's a thing that's happening. The secret answer reports. Um, anyway. From outside. <laughs> anyway, um, while they're getting like, tickets. It's like a 10 second long rumble outside. Goodness. Right. I think it's actually dying down here. Um, while they're getting tickets, Hainer, Pence, and Nolette show up. 
And basically you say, like, they they can't really explain why, but they just kind of felt like they should see the guys off. I'm sure that doesn't mean anything. It's whatever. Um, Sora pulls out the pouch so that he can pay for their tickets. And Arlette's like, oh, hey, same pouch. They're just like, huh, that's weird. Uh, the king gave this to us. Totally not a coincidence at all. Yeah, uh, it's whatever. Um, as they're leaving, or as they're about to get on the train, Sora's like, I can't help feeling like we're not going to see this place again. And Hamer's like, dude, are you sure we've never met before? And Sora, Sora actually like sits there and thinks about it. He's like, mm, positive. Why? And Hamer's just like, I don't know. And then, and then for no reason that he can think of, out of nowhere, Sora cries a single tear. A single perfectly placed tear. I know. <laughs> and everyone's, everyone's like, oh, um, this dude's crying in front of us. Should we go? We're gonna go. <laughs> but like he he doesn't know why he's crying. Like he wipes it away. He's like, oh, sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but um, as they get or they get on the train and it pulls off and is like fucking going through space. Check that shit out. Ooh, yeah, space train. LFC <laughs> train. <laughs> um, he he holds up the little blue crystal to the light and he's like, you know, I'm sad. <laughs> And Donald and Goofy look at each other like, what should we do? And Do- Donald's like, it's okay. We'll be-. He's like, don't worry, we'll be back. And Goofy's like, yeah, you can see Hamer and those guys again. <laughs> but, like, we don't know. And the scene just kind of ends there. So if they say anything else to cheer him up, we don't get to see what that was. Instead, since this is Final Mix, uh, we cut back to an area of Twilight Town that was called Sunset Hill, um, where they were where they were waiting for the ghost train. Where they, where you found a dog in a bag, and nobody cared about that. What a dog in a bag? Yeah, remember when they were doing like the Seven Wonders of Twilight Town, and one of them was like a bag that would start like running around, but it turned out there was a dog inside, and and Pence was just like, oh, huh, weird. Okay. Like, I don't know. That just still bothers me that he just blew that off, but whatever. Uh, But we do get. Um, a cutscene here with Naminé and Axel and um, Ansem, but for some reason he keeps his hood up through this entire cutscene. There's some weird choices made in the final mix scenes, um, with like covering people's faces versus not covering their faces. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so they're all kind of hanging out, and uh, Ansem tells Naminé and Axel that it's time to go, and Axel's like, "Go where? We don't have anywhere to go." And Naminé says, "Well, there's somewhere that I want to go." And someone that I want to see. And she's looking at her little um, drawing of Sora and Roxas. So you kind of get the feeling like like she's talking about trying to find a way to reunite with Roxas. And Axel's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? I guess I'm the same way. I guess I do know where I want to go. And But then they ask Ansem, like, why are you helping us like this? Didn't Diz tell you to kill us? And <laughs> Ansem's like, you both helped us out in Castle Oblivion. So I feel like I owe you. And... <laughs> So he's like, he opens a portal and he's like, just just go on and get <laughs> instead of doing a murder on them like like Diz wanted him to. Or no, Axel opens the portal. Either way, it doesn't matter. Someone opens the portal. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that cutscene over, and we pull up to this is actually the icon for this area from Birth by Sleep, but it's kind of one of the better pictures that I could find to give you an idea of what this place looks like from the outside. Uh, the train that Sora was on pulls up at an area that's just called the Tower. 
or the mysterious tower. Which one did they call it in this one? It's called what? Okay. You cut out a little bit. It's called the tower. Oh, very descriptive. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. After they get off the train, no, Sora I'm turns back. Curious. Sora turns back to look at it, and the train vanishes. Of course it does. It just disappears, and Sora's like, well, there goes our ride, I guess. But uh, they start they start walking toward the tower and kind of looking around, and you want to know who who they see who's like peeking into who's like got the door cracked open and is looking inside. Sure. Oh, I'm posting you a picture. Oh God. Are you, are you kidding me? This one's too big. <laughs> didn't even I didn't even bother cropping this one because I assumed. Hang on a sec. I'll give you a moment. I'm pretty sure I've posted this exact picture in Discord before. What are you talking about? There we go. Let's see if this works. Hey, oh, there it goes. Now posted. <laughs> Look at it. Look at the clothes they put Pete. They had Pete wear. It's like a Tron reject. <laughs> it's, it's it's so, so stupid. Cat, do you want to know the worst part? You no, see that big? Tell me anyway. Of course I am. You see that big zipper? Actually, no. Okay, we'll take this from the top. His shoulders, if you look closely, they're detached. Those shoulders aren't a single part, aren't a single piece with those the red, like, like shirt. Yeah, he's got them, like, split up to his shoulders, and then those, like, X belts that he's got coming down are what hold them in place, but they're buckled to his pants. Why does he have a giant zipper up the front of his pants? Oh, it doesn't stop there. It goes all the way around. Why? <laughs> I do not know. Why, Disney? Why? <laughs> Why did you guys approve this? <laughs> Pete's suit is baffling. It's it's so that, much. That's, that's, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ignore it though and just kind of keep on trucking. I just I had to let you know that this this is a thing that's here now. Thank um, you. For I could not have lived without knowing. Oh, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, so they walk up to, to the door and Pete's peeking inside and, the, and they're like, Hey, what's, they're like, Hey, what's going on? And like, Pete turns around and <laughs> he sees, no, no, he doesn't. Before he turns around, um, Pete says that he's building an army of heartless for Maleficent because he owes her so much. And Sora's just like Maleficent. Right. Of course. <laughs> Pete turns around when Sora says this because he's basically going to be like, hey, don't talk shit about my boss. <laughs> and he sees Donald and Goofy and he's just like, it's you! <laughs> no shit! <laughs> Donald and Goofy are like, Pete? <laughs> I just don't get why. Oh, it gets it gets better. Sora's like, you know this guy? And they're like, and I'm not even kidding. There's This is what Goofy says. I didn't write it down for George. So I'm not quoting it. But Goofy says that Mickey banished Pete to another dimension years ago for <laughs> for causing trouble. And then Pete says that Maleficent busted him out of that other dimension. And that's why he's going to help her, help her conquer all the worlds. Whereas we all know that in actual Disney canon, Maleficent just would have squatted Pete like a bug. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Mickey banished him to another dimension? Okay, who the fuck did the fuck yeah emote on the Ansem report? <laughs> Casey, I should have known. Hang on, to which part? Where is it? So Casey's apparently a fan of the weird split zipper pants. Oh. 
<laughs> uh, Casey, I worry about you. She must have. She must have undone it because I don't see it. Anyway. No, it's still on there. No, weird. I don't look, know. My look phone at, look at the picture of Pete on the Ansem reports. I am. It's not showing me the reaction, but whatever. Yeah, no. She um, she did the uh, she did the <laughs> Alphonse fuck yeah emote. Nice. <laughs> Oh, okay, but anyway, um, so Pete's bragging about how cool Maleficent is and how she's going to conquer all the worlds and he's going to get to help, and Sora just interrupts him to go, she's toast. <laughs> and he acts like he didn't know. He's like, he's so shocked. He's like, what? And then he's like, it was you guys. You're the ones that did her in. And Sora's like, well, maybe. <laughs> and, and Pete... Not not a man of words, this guy. He summons like a swarm of heartless to attack them, and of course, they they fight the heartless off because obviously. And after the fight, Sora's like, "Hey, so who even lives in this tower in the first place?" And, <laughs> and Pete says that it's that old Yen Sid lives here, but that they don't need to bother because he's probably turned into a heartless by now. And I'm not even kidding; they forget Pete's here. They stop paying any attention to him because Donald gets excited that this is where Master Yen Sid lives. And they all just run inside because they want to meet the guy who taught making magic. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. It was in Fantasia that he taught making magic. In this, he also taught Mickey magic because Sorcerer. In this, he's the guy that taught Mickey how to use the Keyblade. I'll give you as much time as you need. I, I don't know that there's enough time. <laughs> but yeah, so they... Just ignore Pete and go on in. <laughs> um, oof. um, actually, though, the tower is pretty neat. Um, you you walk in and it's not just like oh, walk up a few stairs and boom, you're you're there. It's once you once you go inside and go up the first like chunk of stairs, it like splits off into being this like whole alternate pocket dimension where like you'll have a stretch of stairs with a portal on each end, and then there will be, like, a room on the other side of the portal. Mm -hmm. And you're just, you're fighting Heartless the whole way up, so it's almost like he just, I guess, sectioned all of this stuff off to keep the Heartless from bothering him. <laughs> but you do finally get to him, and this is, he's just, he's just hanging out. This is him. <laughs> so, you guys are interrupting my tea. What do you want? He's looking angry as always. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's just so angry. He is. Well, it, it gets worse in some of the games before the graphics got better. Um, whenever they do, like, close-ups on Yinsen's face, he's got, like, the bug eyes going, where it just looks oh, like they're bulging out of his head. And I keep waiting for him to yell at the, like, Donald and Goofy and Sora to get off his lawn. I know. No, oh my god. They walk in, and, like, Sora, or not Sora, Donald and Goofy both bow, and they're like, Rock, fuck, I'm bad with names tonight, apparently. Donald says, Master Yen Sid, what an honor. And Sora's just like, yo. He's uh, <laughs> just like, hey, where's the king? And <laughs> kind of reminds me of like, the scene in Black Panther where they bring Killmonger in. It's like, oh, this is the queen. Bow and respect the queen. And she's just like, hey, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Donald like grabs him and yanks him down. He's like, you will fucking bow to this man. <laughs> Motherfucker, bow down. I know. Um, but Yen Sid basically says that Mickey's busy, so it's up to him to fill these guys in, because they've been asleep for like a year. 
And um, but basically, from what he's from what he's already said, Sora's like, wait, so we got to go on another quest, dude? I just wanted to find my friends and go home. <laughs> to which Yen said is basically like, do not worry, Sora. Everything is connected. Whether you will find your friend Riku or go home without him. Whether the islands will even be there. Whether the Heartless will overrun everything. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he's, basically just, he's basically just saying, shut up, kid. If you don't fight the Heartless, there's not even going to be a Destiny Islands for you to go home to. He's just <laughs> saying, put your bitching and get going. I mean, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he, he ends it by saying, and the key that connects them all, Sora, is you. And then Sora, having heard the word key... And I guess acting on like a post-hypnotic suggestion, holds his hand out and summons his keyblade. Like, hey, I got it. I got this. <laughs> I got a keyblade. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> yeah, like meh. <laughs> and then Yen said, "They give this guy such good lines, dude. He he always sounds like, I mean, like a big important smart guy saying something important because he says, chosen wielder of the keyblade, you are the key that will open the door to the light.'" But he um, he waves his hand and a book like poofs onto his desk. Um, I didn't write down the text from it, but he he makes you read the book before he will actually talk to you. It just kind of gives like a really cryptic summary of what's happened so far. So it's like the beginning and it says some stuff that basically amounts to, oh, Sora went on a journey and fought some monsters. Uh, the interlude, uh, some stuff that basically amounts to what happened in uh, Castle Oblivion. And then I forgot the third heading. I think it's like the time to come or some shit. I don't remember. But basically it's like, and now there's a new adventure happening. But then, but then, Yen Sid gives us an info dump. Um, Do we have word vomit or info vomit now? A little. Um, Basically, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are like, hey, so what's even up with their being heartless still? I thought, you know, we like defeated them and whatnot. What, What do? And basically... Your actions in your previous adventure did did prevent an immense effusion of heartless. I just that, that phrasing has always stuck with me. But basically, the stuff they did before did cut down on like the number of heartless that there are. So you know, make no mistake, you guys did do some good. Don't don't feel like the whole game didn't matter. But but basically, darkness or heartless are darkness, like you know, given form. Basically, is. Is what he says, the heartless are darkness made real, I think is his actual phrasing. And, you know, there's, no matter what, there will still be darkness in people's hearts. So as long as there's darkness in people's hearts, there will always be heartless. Which we already knew. Yeah. So, yeah, basically. So that's that's basically what he tells, what he tells the guys. He's like, don't worry, you guys did do some good, but, like, there's always going to be heartless. You're never going to get rid of them 100%. It's, I keep thinking it's here. Somewhere along the way in this series, I think it's... Goofy suggests that they should just find a way to fill everybody's heart with light, and then there won't be any more darkness to spawn any heartless. And it's like, I guess. Yeah, but that requires there to not be assholes in the world. Yeah. Anyway, though. But then he, he waves his hand and someone's like a little hologram of Donald. And he's like, if one such as you, Donald, yields to the darkness in their heart, they too will become a heartless. Let's be honest, if anyone's going to yield to the darkness in their heart, it would be Donald. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> and then he waves his hand, and one of the little squiggly dudes uh, that they've been fighting so far pops up. And so this is where we're finally going to find out what those are. Um, 
Okay, the one on the left, now that I've actually seen him, like, more moving around. Yeah. He looks like he's, like, trying to, like, walk up to somebody and hit on him in a club. The taller, <laughs> the taller of the two. He does. The one the one here looks like he's doing the, uh, the Dio Jotaro walk. Oh, God. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. There we go. Sent you that in, in Facebook. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let me look. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's why you gotta watch JoJo. It's in everything. Ah, mm. <laughs> Okay, but this, this shit I did write down word for word because hot damn, it's so much. Um, <clears throat> at times, if someone with a strong heart and will, be they evil or good, becomes heartless, the empty shell they leave behind begins to act with a will of its own, an empty vessel whose heart has been stolen away, a spirit that goes on even as its body fades from existence. For you see, no bodies do not truly exist at all. No bodies may seem to have feelings, but this is a ruse. They only pretend to have hearts. <laughs> And then I forgot to write down his la- his very last line. He says, like, do not be fooled. Do not be deceived. That's what he says. He says, do not be deceived. <laughs> sure, so, dude. We'll get right on that. Yeah. So basically, the squiggly white things are called nobodies. Um, if somebody who has a strong heart and will uh, turns into a heartless, their body will keep on going. But if they have a strong will, how can they be turned into a heartless? Eh, depends. Stuff happens. Um, I mean, sometimes the Heartless will just straight up attack a person, and they'll end up turning into Heartless. That's what Pete was doing outside, was he had sent some Heartless in to try and attack you instead and turn him into a Heartless. Um, So, stuff like that. Or, I guess, stabbing yourself with a big-ass key like Sora did. Um, (laughs) But, and so, so these things are called nobodies, and basically, this is never, like, explicitly confirmed that I, as far as I remember... But basically, from what he says here, nobody's heartless. Will just hang out. They'll they'll be they'll run around, do whatever they're gonna do. Nobody's. It sounds like if you leave them alone for a while, they'll eventually just kind of fall apart. So that sucks, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I hear you asking, what about Organization Thirteen? Where they came from? Well, calm the fuck down. <laughs> he, tell me what to do. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I'm going to see my topic coach because they made me miss mine. I know. He gives us um, those little dudes and he says, These powerful nobodies have formed a group called Organization 13. It commands the lesser nobodies. I forgot to put a quote or in, put a quotation mark oh. in that sentence. There we go. Anyway, um, so basically he says that for whatever reason, these special nobodies have managed to retain their forms instead of just turning into one of the little squiggly dudes. Um, and they seem to be planning something. They're not sure what. Mickey went off to figure out what it is that they're planning. I'll give you a hint. It's got something to do with the name of this series. Uh, um, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's their whole deal. Um, they are, like he said, special nobodies. Uh, the, with, the whole, with that and the whole they don't really have feelings thing, the easiest example would probably be, like, Sam from Season 6 of Supernatural when he didn't have his soul. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, they've got their memories for some reason. I don't remember exactly where this gets established in the series, but somewhere along the way it's established that, like, they'll undergo very small aesthetic changes. Uh-huh. It's, it, 
we'll we'll see what that means eventually because spoiler alert one of the games is a prequel and we're gonna see some of the members of organization 13 before they were nobodies so we'll see yeah. what what the whole small aesthetic change means but um <clears throat> but they've still got all their memories but because they don't have a heart they don't have feelings so eh. but they still remember what it was like to have hearts which means that they're really good at manipulating people because they know how to like prey on that i guess which mm-hmm. is well fucked up a little bit but anyway <laughs> but yeah so he does say the nobody seemed to have a goal but they're not really sure what it is um, mickey went off to figure out what it is he found the dark realm or uh, the dark realm's keyblade and with it sealed the door so that's why his keyblade looks like sora's but like the colors are inverted because it's the keyblade from the realm of darkness so like sure i guess Ooh. yeah it's literally um sora's keyblade i think if um you Hopefully remember is called Kingdom Key. Mickey's is literally Kingdom Key D for Kingdom Key Darkness. Like, okay. (laughs) Y'all could have probably named it something else, but sure. But Yen Sid basically is like, there's more that I should probably discuss, but boy, you need some new clothes. (laughs) And this is where I guess Sora kind of for the first time looks at himself and he's like, huh, this stuff has gotten small. (laughs) And (laughs) And Goofy's like, Gar, Sora, you sure have grown. You sure what? You sure have grown. Oh, because Jesus. remember, Donald and Goofy are adults. They're like, I don't know how old they're, I mean, relatively how old they're supposed to be. But they're hang- they're adults hanging out with this young-ass anime team. So. Who is in desperately, who is in desperate need of better fitting clothes. Yeah, so he literally, Yensid just points to the other door in his office and it's like, go meet the good fairies. They will give you new clothes. I mean, he words it differently because he's in Sid, but that's basically what he tells him. And so you can probably guess from that wording who it is that Sora's about to meet. I'm going to guess the Sleeping Beauty fairies? Yeah! Flora, Fauna, um, and Merryweather. I like them. Even though, you know, I would never put them in charge of baking my... Well, no, you know what? I would want them to bake my birthday cake. Yeah, right? Just not my clothes. I've seen people who've made real versions of the cake that they made for uh, for Briar Rose. Oh, I know they look awesome. They look awesome. I know. I saw the one where it even had like the broomstick or whatever propping the cake up, which was awesome. I know it's so good. But and so of course they <laughs> argue over the colors. <laughs> Do what? Oh no, I'm actually finding a picture of one of the real life uh, sleeping oh. beauty cakes. <laughs> I think it's awesome, but I'm still listening. Okay, okay. Um. <sighs> This is a line that I know has bugged myself and other people. Um, but as they walk into the room, they kind of pause. And Sora's like, me, you guys, the, and the king. Er, okay, got to start that shit over. Jeez. Me, you guys, Riku, and the king. I don't care who this organization er, this organization is or what it's planning. But the five of us, I mean the six of us, there's nothing to worry about, right? You would think so, but you're asking. So I'm going to say there is something to worry about. I mean, you know, bad guys and stuff. But more, this is just Sora being confident and being like, yeah, we can take him. Shonen protagonist. But I'll run back through who all he said, though. Himself, Donald and Goofy, Riku, and Mickey. And then he said, with the six of us. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know how to count. Are you sure about that? Eh. But anyway, um, they they walk into the room, meet uh, Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather. And of course... They agree to make him new clothes, but they argue about the colors. 
Of course so, they do. So there's, I didn't take a picture of it because eh, you'll see it when you watch the Let's Play. But there's literally a gag at first where instead of making him new clothes right away, they just start zapping him and turning his existing clothes into their colors. <laughs> so like, um, he'll get zapped, his whole outfit turns blue. He'll get zapped, his whole outfit turns red. He'll get zapped, his whole outfit turns green. And it literally, the camera just kind of pans away and then comes back at, like, however much time later. <laughs> and so it's like, can you guys just make up your minds already? <laughs> and they <laughs> they all recoil. Who we're talking to. They all recoil like they've just been cursed at. They're all like, <gasps> <laughs> But they finally agree, okay, 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 no more arguing. We're gonna do, give it one final zap, and whatever happens, we're gonna be happy about it. So they all three, like, zap him at once. And it's, again, this weird shot that I didn't take a picture of where, like, he's standing there regularly and his clothes are just kind of glowing. Or, like, his clothes just kind of turn into, like, a vague white area around him. But then it's, like, little Sora head popping out of it. And it's like, okay, sure, I guess. But here's his new outfit. Oh, now see, that looks better. Yeah, this one is neat. Um, it also comes with superpowers. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, when the camera panned away while they were arguing, um, we saw Diablo uh, sitting in the window, and then he flies off. So anyway, that happened. Um, but, like I said, Sora's clothes have got superpowers. Um, this game introduces <coughs> a gimmick called Drive Forms. Uh, they start you off with Valor Form, which I will post a picture of now. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. E you know, Valor Form... Basically, you absorb Goofy, <laughs> and this one makes you faster and stronger. It takes away your ability to block, which is sometimes kind of annoying, but it's because the point of this form is you're just always attacking. And you will notice in the picture, dual wielding. Very nice. Now I do see that. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, go ahead and pause the timer real quick, because oh, Flutter Dark... Let me, let me switch back to my timer and pause it. Yeah. Uh, Flutter Dark did give us um, a pretty good rundown. I'm not going to read it word for word because that'd be a lot. But did uh, give a pretty good breakdown of uh, some of these, of some of this stuff. Uh, I forgot the stuff that he had posted while we were in Twilight Town. So we will bypass that and just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, the big... One big change, Keyblades now actually have abilities attached to them. So, like, you know how the the descriptions on some of them last time would be like, this Keyblade is good at dealing critical hits, but, like, just kind of uh -huh. left it there. This time, the Keyblade will actually have, like, Combo Plus, where it will add one to your ground combos and stuff like that. So, depending oh. on what Keyblade, yeah. So, depending on what Keyblade you're using... Some of them will actually, based on their abilities, kind of outrank even the ultimate weapon, just depending on what it is you're wanting to do at the moment. Um, the Kingdom Key. Ah, uh, I forgot the name for the ability. Doesn't. Ah, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. The timer's already paused, so whatever. I might as well look. Hang on a sec. Sorry, my lights were flickering, so I had to look outside. Say again now. Okay, there we go. The Kingdom Key's ability um, is called Defender. Uh, it gets damage control in Final Mix. Both do slightly different things, but like have the overall effect of boosting your defense, which is nice. Uh, yeah, Defender increases your defense when your HP is critical, so, like, when it's down so low that, like, your health bar turns red and it starts flashing and hitting you with, like, a siren. Damage control 
Okay, yeah, same thing, but specifically damage is halved. So whichever ability, whichever version of uh, the Kingdom Key it is, the built-in ability for it is always, hey, when you get hurt, we're going to make you get hurt a little bit less. So that's cool. Um, so for, so from now on, whenever I um, show, a, show a new Keyblade, I will also real quick just kind of say what the ability that comes with it is. Um, so, but that's kind of neat. As far as Valor form, as you can see in the picture, you can now dual wield which is one, badass anyway, but two, does actually mean that whatever the stats and ability for the second Keyblade are, do actually play in. So you get the strength and magic and ability boost that come with whatever Keyblade that is, which is real neat. And so again, you can start working on some really cool combinations and stuff. Um, is the timer still paused, by the way? Yeah, 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 for right now, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. The, the last thing, and this was something I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring up, but since it was in the like text Flutter Dark had sent, I'll go ahead and mention. Um, basically, your drive forms are connected to, now actually have its own gauge sitting along with your health bar and your MP bar. It's called the drive gauge, obviously. Um, whenever you, or each form has like a certain amount of drive gauge that it'll, it'll use up, so it'll be like, consumes three bars of the drive gauge, and also you eat goofy, stuff like that. Um, but, but you can kind of tease that, uh, depending on where you are, um, certain areas of different worlds, depending on where you are in the storyline will make it so that that area is kind of a safe zone. So instead of having any fighting, you won't even have Donald and Goofy following you. It'll just have all the characters just kind of walking around because like there's a save point here and stuff like that. If uh -huh. you are in a drive form and you go into one of those areas or, go up to a save point and leave the world that you're in when you come back and come back to that world or leave the, or go into that little area where people are just walking around and hanging out it will take you out of your drive form and your gauge will be full so so it's a really easy way to like kind of tease it and just all just always have a full uh full bar what's also cool i, I think there are some cutscenes that don't do this, but most cutscenes, if you are in a drive form when the cutscene starts, instead of Sora's regular outfit, it's his drive form that he's in the whole time. It doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. It's not like it's not like anyone comments on it or does anything as far as game or it does anything. It's just Sora gets to look different for this cutscene. And it's just always really funny to me. Okay, we can start the timer again. And timer going. We got forty five cool. minutes. Cool. I am a little bit worried that I didn't go far enough. <laughs> oh, right. The new Keyblade. Um, because we, it's obviously, since you just got a form that can dual wield, you're going to need a second Keyblade to actually dual wield with. And that is this one called Starseeker. Ooh. Yeah, it's neat. That one's pretty. <laughs> we will, over the course of time, just kind of like, I don't really consider this a spoiler because obviously Mickey must have had a Keyblade of his own before Kingdom Key D. Starseeker is the Keyblade that he used to use, which is really neat. Um, anyway, the description for it increases maximum combo by one when in midair, which is exactly what its ability does. It comes with the ability Air Combo Plus, which exactly like that description says, just gives you an extra hit while you're in the air. Um... Which works out well for it being introduced along with Valor Form because, boy, if you jump, you are going to stay in the air as long as there's an enemy for you to be hitting. 
because damn, uh, the drive forms can get really fun to mess around with. Drive uh, Valor form, you're like a lot quicker. Um, <laughs> and so Sora will just sit there like just running along. It's really funny. Um, I'll tell you obviously a little bit more about each one. Uh, but there's one that you get later on that focuses on magic. And instead of running, you literally just hover a little bit and slide around. It's cool. It's really neat. But there is uh, one other one that I figured I would go ahead and bring up now because I don't know where in the Let's Play it's actually going to happen. Along with the regular drive forms that you have, there's also sort of an unofficial one that doesn't show up in any of your menus. You can't love... Um, the other drive forms, you will actually level up. Um, each one gains experience in a different way. Valor will gain one experience point every time you hit an enemy. <laughs> so it's like the easiest one to level up. It's just fight people and it'll, and it'll go. Um, which also works out because each drive form has an ability that's tied to it. Um, drive, er, Valor has high jump. So once you level it up a little bit, you can actually just give Sora high jump. And he'll, you'll be able to use high jump regularly, which will matter more for some of the others because you'll get different kinds of abilities um, with some of them, including like a double jump and a dash and stuff like that. And that's also how you get glide is from one of the other drive forms. You don't just get it by completing um, Neverland because Neverland's not in this game. Haha. Anyway, I say all of that to say that there is an additional form uh, that will... You can never select it. Um, it's not. It doesn't show up on your menu or anything like that. Sometimes there's there's a way to to kind of keep track of when it'll happen, but I always forget to do that. Um, <laughs> so it might as well just be at random, as far as I'm concerned, honestly. But like you can kind of count like you've used the drive gauge this amount or this many times, so it's probably going to happen soon. That kind of thing. It's called anti form, and there it is. Ooh. Creepy. Yeah, it's um there since it's not like done as like an official form like Valor and the others, you because you can actually go in and view like a little description for each one. It doesn't really have an official description like that. Uh it was either Nomura or one of the other people that worked on the games basically has said this is the closest Sora ever comes to becoming a heartless again, because the boy looks a lot like it. And um when you are in anti form uh, you don't have a Keyblade. You are running around all feral, like a little monster. It gets rid of both Donald and Goofy, or whoever else you have. Like, if you've got Donald switched out for Jack Skellington because you're in Halloween Town, so on and so forth. It, can, it eats both of your uh, people. And, like, it makes you even fucking faster than Valor Form, though. Your attacks do a lot less damage, but, like, you are sitting there just zipping around, like pounding on people with again bare fucking hands because you don't have a keyblade for this form anymore um it can get really inconvenient though because like you can actually i forget if the revert option because there's also an option or the drive option on your menu will turn into a revert when you're in a drive form so you can just turn it off if you want to i forget if that actually stays around for anti-form no, no, it goes away if you're an anti-form. The only way is to wait it out. You've got to just wait and let your drive gauge run out, which can really suck if you're in an area with, like, stronger enemies because they'll kill your ass because you can't really fight them now. So that part kind of sucks. Um, but anti-form is 
wild when it does happen. Uh, something I had never noticed, but that I saw in um, in another Kingdom Hearts video by a guy called Regular Pat. In, er, if you are falling and you try to grab a ledge, instead of using your hand, if you're in anti-form, you'll grab it with your shoe. Wait, and you're what? sitting there just... Yeah, if you're like if you grab onto a ledge because like your jump wasn't quite high enough or whatever, if you're in anti form, instead of like using your hand and like dangling there by your hands, <laughs> you'll like hook your foot onto the on top of the or onto the other side of the ledge and you'll like hang upside down. It's something I had never noticed before because I tend to try to avoid anti form as much as I can because it's it, it's fun sometimes if you've got like weaker enemies, but like I said, it's more inconvenient than anything else. But but yeah, so that was just kind of neat. But I didn't take a picture of this one because it's dumb. Um, one thing that they did for Final Mix, this is getting away from the drive forms now, is uh, there are like four little puzzles that you can do in your menu. Uh-huh. And you will find puzzle pieces hidden throughout the world. They, like, the little icon that they'll show, like, actually in the world is basically a little replica of Sora's necklace, just that little crown. They shoehorn that into the game so awkwardly. You could have just had it be like you pause at some point and a notice pops up to tell you about it or something. But no. As they're walking out of the room, Final Mix adds an additional cutscene where one of those falls out of Sora's pocket. And Goofy's like, hey, Sora, what's that? You dropped it out of your pocket. And he's like, huh, I don't know what that is. And he turns to the fairies and they're like, do you guys know what this is? And they're like, no, but it seems important. You should go around and see if you can find any more. And like, y'all could have done that so much better. It's, it's ultimately, it's not much. It's um, like each puzzle is one of the little like promo arts or artworks that they did for the game. I think one of them is actually just the box art, now that I think about it. Um, but once you complete e- or completing each one will give you a different item. Like, I think one of them gives you an elixir, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so that <laughs> that's how they introduce it into the game, though, is awkwardly going, Sora, you dropped a thing. You should go find more like that. But anyway, <laughs> after Sora leaves, he goes back to, to say bye to Yensid, and uh, because basically the fairies were like, oh, Yensid had one other thing for you. So you'll want to go say or go talk to him again before you leave. And <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. The gummy ship just flies up and is like hanging out outside Yensid's window like it's fucking Herbie the love bug. And he's like, hey, I took care of your ship while you guys were sleeping. And they're like, oh, cool. Thanks. And hop in the gummy ship and leave because that's really all that he wanted to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he did also basically tell them, okay, um, because of everything you guys did before, all of the regular pathways between worlds have been sealed off. So technically speaking, travel between, between worlds shouldn't be happening right now. But as you continue on your journey, uh, the worlds will present new pathways for you. This is basically just the game excusing why it's got different worlds this time than in the last one. I feel like this Fair is the enough. last one that really tries to do that, but Kingdom Hearts 3 might have done that also, now I think of it. But, eh. Um, but yeah, so each world, um, we go to each world fucking twice for the story in this game, but at the end of the first one each time, there's going to be a whole big dramatic, like, basically keyhole sequence where they're unlocking the route to the next world through space, and it's like, okay, sure, I guess, whatevs. But they, so they leave, and Yen said, 
<laughs> his ass just vanishes in a poof of light. He's like, all right, well, I'm done here. Bye. But we go back into where the fairies were. And guess what? Diablo's back. And he brought something with him this time. Hang on, I'm replying to Flutterdark real quick. <laughs> Flutterdark, I'm, I'm explaining to Flutterdark the actual fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Aw, people giving my dog hearts. Do what? Oh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the heart reactions on auto. Oh, okay. Now switching back over to Anthem reports, and what the Oh, hello, Raven dude. Yeah, he... He brought the Maleficent's coat. He he flies up and he sets Maleficent's coat on the floor and is like, hey, I found this. And <laughs> they're like, oh, crap. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I found a thing. Yeah, no, that's basically what he does. He even, like, caws at them and kind of hops to the side a little bit. <laughs> this, cut, this cut seems so fucking stupid, man. Like, <clears throat> um, Meriwether sees it and, sh- and she's like, no, it's no, like, no, no. <laughs> Flora. At first, it's like, haven't we seen that coat somewhere before? It looks familiar. <laughs> and Gee, then Meriwether's like, Meriwether's like, oh no, the memories, they're coming back. <laughs> and Fauna's like, don't think about it, dearies. And she's like, I can't help it, the memories, they're coming back. I'm thinking about her. Oh my god, I'm gonna remember her name. <laughs> they, they fucking panic. And down, like, heart throw the door open so that they can leave and like turn in or uh, flora and fauna like turn into their little like blue sparkly ball forms and like fly off fucking merryweather as she's leaving turns around and just goes maleficent and then she turns into her little sparkly ball form and leaves and i'm not even kidding after she does we go back to looking at the cloak on the floor and like just a lump kind of appears in roughly the middle. Not exactly the middle, but like where that spot between your shoulder blades, I guess, would be. Right about uh-huh. there. And, <laughs> and Maleficent pulls some Raider Repulsa shit. Just like gets up and like reforms. And she's like, I'm back. I don't even think she talks in this cutscene. Did I write down any lines for her? One sec. No. <laughs> she just laughs and the cutscene ends. Well, all right then. Yeah. So, hey. Maleficent's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Maleficent's <laughs> back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back, bitches? Yeah, a little bit. Hello, Diablo. To be fair, Maleficent is like one of the Disney villains that can legit say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she does not stay dead. Anyway, um, we cut to space. She has the right to. Right. Uh, we go to space, and um, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, real quick, get a hello from Chippendale. I'm only, inc- it does not matter. It's just them saying hi. We've been looking after the gummy ship. Let us no, know if you need anything. They don't say hi, they apparently say howdy. That's true. They say howdy. I'm only including this because look at them. <laughs> They're cute in their little Kingdom Hearts workshop outfits. I love them. They're so good. <clears throat> that said, I never interact with them. Because basically this just, this is just introducing the system like, hey, if you want to, uh, you can talk to us and make some more gummy ships. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I will not. Will not do that. Like, I appreciate that, but no. But nah. Um, but they do notice that they can't go back to Twilight Town, but there is only one other world that they can go to. And Goofy's like, huh, I think it's one that we know. And they fly up to it, and it's this. 
Oh. Oh, indeed. Well, then. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the only world that we have right now is um, Hollow Bastion. Um, you land, obviously, because what else are you going to do? Just stay in space being defiant? Good luck. <laughs> uh, we get a cutscene of Pete, like, literally just kind of poking around Maleficent's castle, like, Maleficent! Maleficent! Because he's a nosy little shit. I mean, yeah. He literally even goes, wow, maybe those guys did kill her. Or don't think he says kill, but like, he's like, well, maybe they really did beat her. <laughs> and then he sees Diablo in a window and gets spooked. He's like, ah, bird. <laughs> um, but but it, it cuts to the town, basically just to let us know that was happening. It cuts to a little little mini, a little bitty town, uh, sort of all goofy, like, just kind of walk out from b- around a corner. This game does a lot of weirdness with not showing them actually coming into a world and just just doing stuff like this, walking from out from behind something. Because, sure, I guess. I don't know. Um, they notice a couple of Heartless running off, just vaguely off to the side, and they're like, I... <laughs> Goofy says, I guess we're going to have to do some fighting. <laughs> like, sure, Goof. And we get the title card. The camera zooms up to show us, the, or swivels up to show us the castle, and it gives us the title card, which honestly, the title cards in King, or starting now start to get real neat. Um, but you can kind of poke around the town some. I'm not even hmm. really going to bother. There are a few shops. Um, the Moogles have got themselves set up in a spot, so you can go to them for item synthesis. Kind of gives me Treasure Planet meets Hell's Moving Castle vibes. I know, right? Um, Scrooge McDuck is here, though. I should have gotten a picture of him, but I did not. Is he voiced by David Tennant? No. Oh. I don't remember who voices him for Kingdom Hearts. One sec. Meh. Not David Tennant, so who cares? <laughs> uh, no, now you got me curious. Um, Alan Young in Birth by Sleep, and I guess also in Kingdom Hearts 2, must be. And then Ann Rytel in Kingdom Hearts 3. So, Alan Young, whoever that is. Not important. Why am I, why am I going to his... Stop, stop, Steven, stop it. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> Jeez. He's known as the Charlie Chaplin of television. Oh, he voiced Scrooge McDuck for over 30 years. There we go. That's why then, because he was oh, the voice he of Scrooge. Actually first, he was first in Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so, okay, he's got he's got some cred. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, so he's here. He's got just this big-ass fucking refrigerator building. Like, it's literally the size of a building. But it's just his icebox. Holy shit, he was in Great Mouse Detective. Oh, okay. He was the dad, Hiram. Olivia's dad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, crap, I can hear it now. That sounds right. Right? Okay. Well done, okay. Disney. Oh, you and he also, me. when we did Mickey... Oh, no, never mind. That was twice upon a Christmas, not once upon a Christmas. Anyway. Yeah, that'll happen at some point. Uh- <laughs> anyway, though, curiosity satisfied. There we go. There we go. Um, What was it? Right. He's got a big building-sized icebox because apparently he's here trying to... He's already rich, but he decided he wants to also get rich selling ice cream. I mean, all he's got to do is manufacture sea salt ice cream. I mean, fucking apparently. Uh, the one that he's got right now is, like, purple with, like, brown at the end of it. I don't know what flavor it's supposed to be, but he takes a lick from it and then just goes disgusting and gets a sad face. And I'm like, okay, well, have fun with that, buddy. I'm going to say it's Robitussin flavored. There we go. Probably. I don't know. Um, Because great flavored popsicles are awesome. 
Oh, dang it. I forgot to get a picture. Hang on one second. Same on you, Steven. Not not for Scrooge. You know what Scrooge looks like. Oh. Well, I didn't know if you had something funny. No, no, no. You just see. Okay. Um, it's not a great picture, but it'll work to not waste time. <laughs> they, um, Zorn and Alman Goofy continue. They're like, all right, well, bye, Scrooge, I guess. Whatevs. Um, <laughs> they walk into a new area and let me scroll back to it. There we go. One of these things, like, pops up right fucking next to Donald. And he's just like, what? Like a little portal? No, it's, um, they're called Claymores. Apparently, um, Yuffie shows up in, like, two seconds to explain what's going on. Uh, these are part of the town's defense system. Um, we never get a full explanation of exactly what these are, but the way it just kind of popped up next to Donald, I think they're supposed to pop up, and if you, like, step into it, or if it pops up in you, it probably, like, explodes or something? That's my so guess. So kind of like a landmine. Basically, especially with them ca- being called Claymores, because I think that is a style of landmine or something like that. That's true. It's also a big sword. Unrelated, but it is. <laughs> I like the sword, Richard Right? Um, but Yuffie shows up. She's like, oh yeah, that's the town's defense system. I'll show you uh, Yuffie here in just a second. Because instead, we fight some more nobodies, and we get a new one called the Samurai. Ooh. This one is wild. Um, <clears throat> you can do, every now and then, a, a little reaction command will pop up for it. I think it's just labeled duel or stance, something like that. Uh, where it'll sit down, you know, doing, like, the classic, like, samurai pose, where it's just sitting cross-legged with its hands kind of on its knees. Yeah. And Sora will sit down next to it, and the menu, instead of being, like, the regular menu, will now just, like, have an an option that just says attack, like, kind of scrolling through it. And if if you miss, if you don't select it, then basically the samurai gets a free attack on Sora, and it'll stun him. But if you do select it, then, like, Sora will do a cool samurai slash and, like, kill the samurai. And I think make it more likely that it'll drop, like, rare items or something like that. Um, but, yeah, so that's what those do. They're neat. Um, they got two swords, which I'm sure doesn't mean anything. Okay, yeah. But anyway, after the fight, uh, they talk to Yuffie, and basically, who's like, you know, how have y'all been? How's Leon and all of that jazz? Uh, she says that she had a feeling she would see... Sora Donald and Goofy again, and Sora <laughs> Sora decides to imitate Le- uh, Leon from the end of the first game, going, we may never meet again, but we'll never forgive each other. Or forget each other. <laughs> we may never meet again, but we'll never forget each other. And she's like, dude, was that supposed to be Leon? Nice! And then runs off. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and show... Well, basically, she tells them to all meet at uh, Merlin's house. Yuffie, uh, since it's been a year, she's gone shopping, and now she's in basically a uh, it's been forever since I've seen Advent Children, but I think this is her Advent Children outfit. All right, then. Yeah. Um, but we go to uh, Merlin's house, and we meet the rest of the guys. They all have updated outfits, which must have been weird for Aerith, because, like, Yuffie and Cloud uh, and Tifa will actually be in this game later on. They're all in their Advent Children outfits, but Aerith, for obvious reasons, does not have an Advent Children outfit, so they had to kind of just make something up for her. Right. Also, spoiler alert and sadness, uh, n- these guys are not voiced by the same people that they were voiced by in the first game, so it's no longer David Boreanaz. I don't think it's still Mandy Moore. I forgot to check. But also a good I voice actor. Do what? I said, ah, dang microphone. I said, I call malarkey. I know, right? Um, but also the voice acting just feels really stiff for these guys this time around, which 
Another part kind of sucks. Um, doesn't really matter. Not like I'm not. I'm not bringing that up. Like, oh, there's something up. Keep an eye out. The voice acting for these does just it's kind of funky this time around. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> Yuffie <laughs> introduces them as the Hollow Bastion Restoration Committee. And uh, after making sure that they're all right, Leon leaves. And <laughs> he's like, I got a problem I need to talk to you guys about. Meet me at the Bailey here whenever you guys are done talking to these jerks. He doesn't actually say jerks. <laughs> but um, Sora is like, oh, yeah, what did you mean about you had a feeling that you'd be seeing us again? And apparently the whole year that Sora, Donald, and Goofy were sleeping, uh, everyone forgot they existed, which we kind of got hints at uh, during the prologue be with Ansem talking about like the holes in his memory were starting to fill in stuff like that uh, apparently uh -huh. a little while back um Yuffie and Leon and everyone just suddenly remembered all of them one day and they're like well probably be that probably means we're gonna see them again soon which yeah they're right <laughs> and Sora's like you guys forgot about us the fuck <laughs> out man I know um, but that, that's when Leon leaves and says he's got a problem he wants to talk to them about when they've got, or when they have a minute. Uh, before they do, Aerith gives them, <laughs> gives them a membership card. Sora is an honorary member of the Holobastion Restoration Committee. Well, all right then. I love this thing. It's, it's, it's really cute. And I love that, like, one of them took the, took the time to write Sora's name on the back of it. Because he holds it up, and it's already got his name, so he's not the one that wrote it. Like, Aerith or Leon or someone wrote, <laughs> wrote his name there. Um, Merlin shows up for, like, a minute as they're about to leave, and is basically like, now you guys probably don't remember any of your magic, do you? And Sora's like, yeah, pretty much. So he gives Sora Blizzard, um, which, if you remember in the first game, would do, like, kind of a shotgun blast. Uh, now it's just a single blast of ice. So... Basically, all your spells are going to be are going to work a little bit differently. I really like what fire does in this one. It like just rotates fire around you, which is real neat. Um, <clears throat> but and so he tells them to go to the Bailey. And real quick, what are we looking like as far as time? What was that? One more time, the audio broke up. Oh, of course. Uh, what are we looking like as far as time? We are. Hang on a sec. I just had it loaded. We are at seventeen minutes. Okay. Uh, we might be able to finish. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, they go to the Bailey, and Leon is, like, kind of showing them, like, look at all, the look at this whole place. Ain't it neat? This is what we're trying to rebuild. And he points over to the castle, and there are, oh, are you kidding me? I thought I had cropped this thing down enough. Hang on. Let's see. I can make it shorter. There you go. Let's see if this posts now. There it goes. Okay. Just needed to crop it down Ooh. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I did, I wasn't able to show as much of the castle, so you can't really see that part. The important part is, you see all that blackness around it? That's just a fuck ton of Heartless. <laughs> Leon's like, um, yeah, we're doing pretty good, except for that. <laughs> and also, that. little thing. Yeah. Well, he goes, and also that. And he points to an area where, like, two nobodies are walking by, and it's like, priorities, Leon? I think one of those might be a bigger problem. <laughs> but, um, so Leon well, asks, like... might be a little more pressing. Yeah, but so Leon's basically like, so if you guys are back, something's obviously up, so what do? And he basically, and Sora basically tells him there's this guy, Lee, or this guy Pete, who's going around trying to build an army of Heartless for, um, for Maleficent, but he's not even smart enough to be able to tie his shoes, so you really don't need to worry about him. He literally says Pete can't even tie his own shoes. And I'm like, you've met this man once. 
But, uh, but yeah, uh, they also mentioned that like the real threat is Organization 13. They're the ones in charge of the nobodies, but they don't really know what they're up to yet. Um, and of course, right after they mentioned them, uh, like the fucking gate locks on the little room that they're in. Donald and Goofy are able to run out in time. So you do this fight with Jastora and uh, Leon, which is actually kind of neat. And you've got like, it times it for I think like two, three minutes, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you have to keep, uh, nobody starts spawning in the room and you've got to keep them from attacking the gate. Uh, which, ultimately, not that hard. Apparently, something that I never noticed because it never ended up being necessary uh, if Leon gets hurt enough, there is actually a reaction command where Sora will, like, run around him in a, in a little circle and, like, just heal him. I had never noticed that, but um, I'll see if I can find it. But Flutterdark had posted a, a video of it happening in the spoiler channel. I'll see if I can um, include it in the uh, the notes for this episode. Okay. But, but yeah, so, like, it is, it is honestly, though, kind of neat, like, getting to fight. Sora and Leon fighting together, which is kind of cool. Uh, I forgot to make a note, or I forgot to write it down in my notes. No, okay, there it is. I did write it down. Ha ha. Um, after this fight, you get um, you get the, the spell for fire, so you've got two two whole spells now. Um, but also after the fight, get out of there. Uh, a bunch of dudes in cloaks, basically everyone that's left for Organization 13, they all show up to bully Sora for a minute. Come on. Okay, there it goes. To post it. I'm suddenly getting shades of Monty Python. I mean, yeah. Your mother um, with a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. This also, that's not me taking a, or finding a bad picture. It was doing this weird, like, zoom slash, like, line effect to try and be like, whoa, what's going on? And it just made the screen look all fuzzy around them. Well, but yeah, these guys show up to, literally, they show up long enough to, like, laugh at Sora. I mean, fair. Yeah. Um, the the one with his hands up, this is the one that's obviously your leader, the guy that so far we haven't gotten to his name yet, so I'm just calling him Unknown because that's the label he was given in his secret boss fight uh, back in Kingdom Hearts 1. I wrote, down his, I wrote down his reaction, but not what Sora said to make him say this. What am I doing here? Um, basically, I think Sora tells them, like... I know, right? Basically, Sora tells them something along the lines of, like, hey, get lost. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and Unknown just goes, oh, what a shame. And here I thought we could be friends. And and then they all yeah, leave. No. They were here long enough to laugh at Sora. And then they all left. <laughs> but then one of them does come back. I'm just going to call this guy Chill Dude. And you will see why in this conversation. Um, because I can't sh- can't tell you his name yet because we haven't gotten that far into the game. Um, he shows up and he's just like, oopsie daisy. What? <laughs> he 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 portals in and just goes oopsie daisy. And Sora's like move. And he goes now. Do you think that's polite? Shutting me down like that. <laughs> Sora's like Sora's like I said get out of the way. And the suit goes as if you can talk all you want, but there, but that won't change a thing. Move, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> Donald and Sora. Goofy's kind of standing off to the side, like what's what's going on? What are we doing? Why is this guy here? So he, he's not actually involved in this conversation. But Donald and Sora both like square up, and Donald says in his terrible Donald voice, then we're gonna make you move. You're and, real threatening. And Chill to get over here goes, see, that would work if I were just any old dude. 
except I'm not. I'm with the organization. Nothing any old about me. Ooh, I'm with the organization. <laughs> Sora goes, ha, tough talk for someone who stood on the sidelines while there's nobody flunkies did the fighting. <laughs> Ooh. Till dude goes, oh dear, I think you got the wrong impression. Sora's like, you gonna cry? He's trying so hard to look tough here. Um, Till dude goes, as if. Why don't I remind you how tough the crowd you're dealing with really is? And Sora's like, remind me, and then just glares at him. Dude, <laughs> dude laughs. He goes, that's right. He used to give me that same exact look. <laughs> Sora's like, I guess you think you can psych me out by saying a bunch of really random stuff. <laughs> this dude's just like, gee, I just don't know. And then kind of like squares up for a second. And then, like, drops his shoulders and, like, unsquares up a second and then just goes, be a good boy now, and leaves <laughs> as <laughs> Donald tries to tackle him and falls flat on his fucking face. So, so yeah, that whole conversation happened. Um, afterward... That sure was a conversation. It sure, it sure was, is the thing. It was a conversation that took place. Um, basically... Uh, Leon and the others are like, who the hell was that? And Sora's like, that's the Organization 13 that we told you about, so we gotta go off and try to fight him. And at this point, his <laughs> his um, Holobastion Restoration Committee honorary member little card badge thing starts glowing, and it floats up into the air, and we get this whole dumbass fucking sequence. Actually, not even really dumb. Hang on. I do actually sort of like these sequences when they happen. Boop. I gotta post these one at a time, though. Shiny! More shiny! Yeah. Um, Even more shiny! Yeah, so basically his card glows and starts to float up in the air and where Sora's standing, like the crown thing appears on the ground um, around him. The card shoots a little beam of light up. So like it's already hovering and then shoots a beam of light even more up. And that forms into the little keyhole. And so Sora jumps back, does like this fancy like swish with his keyblade and then holds it out and shoots a beam at the keyblade. And if you're listening real close, you can kind of hear an unlocking sound. I've caught it a couple of times, but it doesn't really matter, honestly. Um, <laughs> and Leon and the others are like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Donald's like, the route is open. <laughs> and they're basically like, okay, so yeah, we got to go. Um, bye, I <laughs> guess for now, but Hey, we'll be back. Um, basically, Hollow Bastion is going to become kind of the new Traverse Town, where, like, you came back to Traverse Town a bunch of different times because it was sort of, like, your hub. Uh, that's what Hollow Bastion is going to be for Kingdom Hearts 2, so we'll be back. Um, I'm trying to think, does it show the map before or after? Okay, no, it shows, it gives us the Final Mix cutscene before. Um, but before that happens, we get Secret Anthem Report 7, which I guess means that I have two I gotta include for this episode. Um... There is, like, an, a Final Mix cutscene that's a whole conversation between those Organization 13 dudes, but I'm assuming we probably don't have a whole lot of time left, so we can pick up with that next time. How, how is our timer looking, actually? We are at basically five minutes. Oh! Technically, uh, technically six and a half, but... Okay, um, that might be enough. We'll see how it goes. Um, so it does, it's Final Mix cutscene, the, like, room with all of the chairs that it kind of showed before, um, all the members of Organization 13 that are left are hanging out, they've all got their hoods up because we're not far enough into the game to see their faces yet, fine, fuck you, um, 
the guy from before that I had just called Spear Dude, this is where I'm going to have to real quick come up with nicknames for all of them, uh, was like, do my eyes deceive me? Does he really have the power to wield the Keyblade? He is nothing but a boy. Uh, the chill guy that talked to them for an extra minute was like, give him a chance. It means he's straight as an arrow. He's pure of heart, unlike all of us here. Um, this one really uptight guy who even is sitting in his chair with like his knees together and his hands just like kind of together and his knees leaning forward enough that like his chin would almost be resting on his hands, but not quite. So like you can just tell from looking at this dude that he's really uptight. Anyway, he goes, he, he had better be or else he's worthless. And this one guy, I took a picture of this guy because he pulls out some fucking playing cards that he's just messing around with throughout this entire conversation. So I'm calling him the card guy for obvious reasons. Um, anyway, this dude goes, I truly hope he's enjoying himself on his adventure. Maybe he'd like a hand to determine his fate. Calm down. Um, this other guy who you don't really get it from this cutscene, but you'll get later on when we see more of him is kind of a coward. So that's just what I'm going to call him here. He's the coward. Um, actually, I guess I could call him courage. Like courage, the cowardly dog. I'm going to do that, actually. One sec while I correct my notes. There we go. I'm calling him courage. <laughs> Does not fucking matter. Anyway, courage, courage goes, hey, as long as it works in our favor, we can let, uh, we can let him do what he wants for now. Then we'll all jump in if needed. And the chill guy is like, those are bold words coming from you. Are you saying you'll volunteer if things go wrong? Huh? <laughs> Courage is like, what? Me? No, you're the wrong guy. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> to which this spear guy goes, you act as though you have a conscience. When was the last time any of us felt, or any one of us felt anything? And the guy with the cards goes, truer words were never spoken. Well, I suppose the fun will have to wait. <laughs> and the uptight guy, again, to remind us that he's uptight goes, do you know what happens to those who lose their true purpose? Inevitably, they destroy themselves. And then the number one, the, gen or the unknown guy, boss man, goes, gentlemen, the hero of the Keyblade has embarked on a new adventure. Make sure it is one he will remember. Now go. And that's the end of that fucking cutscene. Like, okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Um, we're in space, and this is basically our map for now. Um... <clears throat> And Twilight Town is gone. You can kind of see it back there. It's like, it's, it hasn't been erased from the map, but it's got like this darkness bubble over it to be like, don't worry about over yeah, here. Can, you can't go over there right now. That can seem like <laughs> vague silhouette. Yeah. Uh, for the two planets that we can see, you'll notice that the route doesn't go right up to them. Um, I'll talk more about this next time. But the little doorways that are right there um, actually are for the gummy route missions. Uh Instead of it being like it was last time where you just kind of leisurely fly through space and do some bullshit, I do actually sort of dig the gummy route, the gummy missions in this one. Not enough that I repeated very many of them, but basically it'll turn into kind of a rail shooter where like your gummy ship is just kind of hanging out and just sitting there like zipping all around and blasting as many people as you can, which is a little bit more fun. But there will be one that you have to do for each world before you can, like, officially unlock the route to it. So, um, we'll talk about that more next time because it will actually have one that happens. Some of them are sort of neat, uh, just in terms of, like, what will happen. Um, there's one that has always kind of bugged me because, if I remember right, I think this is on the way to, like, Halloween Town but that has, like, a big-ass pirate ship that would have been great for them to put on the route to Pirates of the Caribbean. But whatever. <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. But what is actually really neat 
is you can see that one again in Kingdom Hearts 3 because they turned the space in that into just a big open world where you can fly around in space, which is actually really neat. And they have it, like, crashed against some asteroid near the Pirates of the Caribbean world. So, like, that's actually really cool when they when we get there. But this is where I stopped taking notes, and I'm assuming that we're, like, pretty much right running up against out of time. It's, well, yeah, we're literally, like, at one minute, so... There we go. So, yeah, we'll pick up next time uh, talking about the, uh, the, the gummy missions, and we will do, of those two worlds, the one that is in like the upper more in the upper right i don't want to tell you which one because i've been i've been fine telling you what worlds fuck it we're doing mulan next time awesome yeah uh well we're doing mulan um depending on how long that takes we might start on the other one which is beauty and the beast uh but we'll see i know we'll have time for mulan at least so yeah sounds like a plan yeah i don't know where i think i'm going but all um, right let's do questions yeah, so now questions, questions. I've got uh, the ones on Discord pulled up if you want to check Twitter. Uh, we didn't get any on Twitter. I, All right, so you, you want me to start then? Place. Go for it. All right, so first one we've got, let me just scroll up a little bit to check. Okay, yep. So first off, we've got from <laughs> Sidemon. I was double checking. No, I'm still laughing at yours uh, right, right above Sidemon saying an egg nap sounds really refreshing, which again, it does. It does. <laughs> I'm just saying a little pod, like you said, like a sensory deprivation thing that just blocks out everything else. It'd be neat. Right? Longs ahead, you know, some fluffy blankets and pillows in there, but hell yeah, sign me up. Anyway, so from Sidemon, we have what powers would you want with a costume change? Steven? So yeah, so if it were tied to your clothing, like how, you know, Valor Form turns Sora's whole outfit red and stuff like that. Um, I've just been wearing PJs for the longest time, so like... If I could have my PJs turn into, I guess, different kinds of pajamas. Because I I mostly just do, like, t-shirt and lounge pants. So, like, if I could have it turn into, like, like, my suit change along with it would be, like, turning into, like, one of those, like, button-down flannel um, pajama suits. And maybe that, like, gives me, like, ice magic or something like that. So, basically, if I could have, like, elemental stuff based on, like, different types of pajama outfits that would be kind of cool i would want like powers of projection so like i could wear pajamas but like depending on the pajamas i wore i could project to make it look like i was wearing any outfit so like i could go out in public or like go to the office or go out or whatever and i would i would actually be in pajamas like everybody else i would be dressed up i think you found the correct answer that would be the dream right there Dude, right? Just imagine rolling up into the office like Ugh. in comfy pants and a t-shirt and everybody else is like, oh, you're in, you know, for me, you know, jeans and heels and a nice shirt and you're in like, you know, a nice button up and slacks and it's like, nah, I'm in sweatpants. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was a Doctor Who episode that was like this, but instead of pajamas, it was that they were naked. Uh, no, I no, I would do the pajamas. Yeah, no, because it was, it was a whole thing. They were going to church, but this religion didn't like clothes anyone coming in had to be naked to be like we are coming at you completely vulnerable and unclothed or some shit i haven't watched doctor who in a while um yeah but that noise. but basically as a way for it to be censored for television but still say that they were naked uh the doctor turned on like some kind of hologram projector so that it would still look like they were wearing their regular clothes but we know that we're naked and it's like dude yeah. what <laughs> I don't know why. 
that reminded me, but hot damn. Uh, you want to go ahead with uh, Flutter Dark? Yes. He did still have um, a question from last time that I pinned, so let me see. Yeah, okay, his last question from last time uh, was basically him saying, this is why Jiminy should have written more stuff down, which, yes, he fucking should have. Give us some... Like, oh, he was just saying, this is why Jiminy should have written more stuff in his journal instead of just yeah. thank nominee because they all just brush that off like, huh, that's weird. I wonder who that is. <laughs> but more importantly, how is Sora not extremely hungry after sleeping for a year? Which, fair. I mean, I would assume that, like, in this case, I would assume if you're in an egg nap, you manage to wake up feeling totally refreshed and, like, it puts the rest of you in stasis. Because otherwise, imagine, you'd be waking up, you, like, you could be having the best nap ever and then you have to go and frickin' wake up because you gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> so I would imagine that, that, it would just put you, like, in stasis. That actually would have been really funny. They have that little, like, skipping scene and then all three of them are like, wait... Also, video game characters just never have to worry about that unless it's for something thematic like Roxas and his friends all eating ice cream. I know that pisses me off. Like for me personally, that pisses me off. Like if I finally get comfortable in bed and like I'm sleeping and like it's raining outside and I'm snoozing really good and I wake up and I roll over to go back to sleep and it's like, well, shit, I have to get up and use the bathroom now. Right. Because it's just not the same. Even if you turn on like the low light in the bathroom, like you still blind yourself. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, you do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna let you in on the secret. If your phone has a flashlight, just do that and then kind of set it down a little way off, like flipped up, sitting on the sink or something, so it's still dark enough that you don't go blind. No, I need to get like those little low lights that you can get that my dad told me about. You can like put them down like on your baseboard, like near the bottom, and it's like really low, like red or blue light, so you can oh, see yeah. that it's not like jarring to your senses, like turning on an actual overhead light is. That's yeah, what yeah, I need. yeah. Okay, yeah. Like they used to have along the floors of like movie theaters. Exactly. I'm like, if I could just get a couple of those, I could put like one like next to the toilet, like on the side of the vanity and then one like in front of it on the wall. That way I could at least right. see, but not, you know, blind myself in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh, uh, Flutter Dark did give an answer to Sidemon's question, so we can read that real quick. He said object summoning because that is super OP if used right, which, yeah, depending on like what your, I guess, restriction of it, of stuff that you can or cannot summon. He yeah. said, see the Hersher... Uh, uh, the hair share of reason guarantee I'm pronouncing that wrong because it's been forever since I took German from Honkai Impact the third. I don't know what that is. I assume it's probably a game or an anime. One of the two. I'm gonna look that up later. Anyway, um, his actually the question that he did put in for now um, is how does Hollow Bastion have this level of a security system, this little holographic ball thingies, uh, but not auto turrets to keep the heartless at bay? And honestly, from what we see of Sid, just how they make him so over the top with how techy he is throughout the rest of this game and going forward. And I love it. He's basically just constantly sitting there like, let me invent some shit. Come on. I'm going to say he probably tried to. And then Aerith and or Leon told him no. Yeah, he tried to <laughs> and he got vetoed. Yeah, it, it would have to be Aerith and Leon because I feel like Yuffie would have been like, oh, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, they'd have been egging him on. Yeah. They'd have been recommending more DACA. <laughs> more guns, more bullets. And yes. Aerith and Leon are like, no. No, stop it. No, we got, we're trying to fix <laughs> things here, down. not build guns into it. And then Sid's like, fine. Jeez. Um, uh, last question is from Casey Von Cosmos. <laughs> Ooh, all fancy with the title now. Yes. What would be your dream place to nap for a whole year? And honestly, 
I think I might have to go egg. If it's if it's like in if we can say egg like in the game where you're just kind of hovering there, that might be it, dude. I would say egg pie, but I would I would say egg too, but I would put it inside a nice cabin up in the mountains. Mm, that's also with fair. Wi-Fi. With Wi-Fi. <laughs> you're supposed to be napping. I need to have music playing. Oh, that's fair. I'd probably want to have like a TV in mind. I but... need sleep music or a podcast playing, so Wi-Fi, so that my stuff can play in the background while I sleep. Okay, no, yeah, that's 100% fair. Then. That's extremely valid. Right. Uh, can, so, yeah. can you imagine how much data you would use if you went for a solid year? God. That's what I'm saying. Wi-Fi. <laughs> Granted, we have to... We I'm on my in-laws plan, and my father-in-law, like, paid the extra for unlimited data because he drives a dump truck, so he spends a, a lot of time just kind of hanging out in areas that don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> he was on his phone so much, just messing around, that apparently got really expensive. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to just pay the extra for the unlimited. I mean, I have unlimited data too, but still, for a full yeah. year. No, yeah, that'd be a ton. That'd be a bunch. Right. You would either slow to a crawl, or they would just start charging you fees at a principal. Right? Okay. That was the last question. Casey asked it tonight after we started recording. I mean, to be fair, we get I mean, we get questions sometimes with Disney Minus when we start recording, too. Yeah. Sounds fair. I just love, like, her always coming in with, like, oh, I got one more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, because Casey in particular, she notices when you and I are recording, too. So yeah. she's like, oh, I got to get in one more question. Yep. That's how we, like, almost didn't get the one April Fool's episode by her. Because she was like, wait a second. Why are you guys recording at 10 o'clock Yeah, at night? that's and right. She almost ca- she about called us out for that shit. She was like, wait a second. It's, like, Wednesday night. It's 1030. Why are you guys all in the recording studio? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we, were, we weren't in the studio. I don't know who, I don't know who she saw, but... God, Frozen was wild. That was a, that was a fun episode. That was we got to think of something else for that for next. We time. do. Um, it's gonna be hard to top that. Yes. Um. But finishing up or wrapping up this episode, let me get Twitter pulled up so I don't like say anyone's ads wrong. Um. Get Twitter, do tags. Damn it. Mm. Not tags. Nero. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Nero is not in these episodes, so as what? always, starting with them, uh, you can find them on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. Um, their yeah, their Shira podcast just ended recent here recently. Um, you can find that at Podcast the Power. Uh, they were recapping the Netflix Shira. Obviously, uh, they have got a couple that should be starting soon. I think uh, Radio Free Heidelin and Prime Cuts. One of those is looking at the storyline of Final Fantasy XIV, which I never played, but apparently went on for a while. The other one is going to be watching Transformers, so those are both probably going to be good. Check them out. I started Final Fantasy yesterday. Yay! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Your character looks so... Sim- Shut up! Which, no, no, nothing against you. It's because the Final <laughs> Fantasy aesthetic is all over the place in this series. I didn't even think about it, though, until you posted the so picture of so much like um, one of the characters even... that's going to be in the prequel game. Yeah, until you posted the picture, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, "Ooh, I'm making a fun elf person. And then, for those of you who don't watch the channel, Steven's reaction when I showed him my character was Kingdom Hearts looking ass. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong, is the thing. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, though, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marshmallow, which is spelled like Marshmallow, but with my name. Uh, I have a dad joke Twitter where I'm, I remember to post jokes sometimes at dad underscore tastic. And you can find Disney Minus on Twitter at Disney Minus Pod. And then, of course, you can find me looking around this Discord and at the moment now a Final Fantasy one under my usual tag, Zura. Um, you can also catch me, of course, on our non-Kingdom Hearts weekends where we are doing Disney Minus with uh, me and Steven and Nero. And this upcoming week, we are doing Nero's pick, which is Nightmare Before Christmas. So that'll be right. fun. Um, I need to get in touch with her to see if she is actually going to be able to work it out. But Casey said that she might be able to guest on that one. So it might be hey, for hey. us. Yeah. Oh, oh, that means we're not going to have any last minute questions from Casey because she'll be on the episode. <laughs> Steven, do you really think she's not still going to slip in a last-minute question while she's That'd recording? That'd be hilarious. I've thought about doing that to us. You know she's going to. I would not. Oh, I'm putting money on it. She's going to. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so look forward to that. Um, it will have already happened by now, but the episode for... What did we just do? Simba's Pride. Thank you. Lion King 2 uh, will be posting... <laughs> will be up tomorrow which again doesn't matter by the time this comes out because that's last week um cat already said what the next movie we're covering is uh obviously for the next kingdom hearts episode we're going to pick up with uh mulan and possibly and even up to up to which episode can i watch now in the let's play uh i think this is a, i think we got to the end of like episode four what was it i think we got to like the end of episode four one sec okay yeah, so you can officially watch the first four episodes of Nico B's Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix Critical Mode Let's Play. Um, awesome. But yeah, so we'll be uh, starting with Mulan next time. The Land of Dragons is what that world is called, which is a choice. We, uh, depending on time, may or may not be able to start uh, beating the beast, so we'll see. But definitely gonna hit Mulan and see how we go from there. Uh, in the meantime, y'all have fun. Uh, be good to each other and all of that jazz and I'm already half Kingdom Hearts make good choices <laughs>
Secret Ensign's Report 2. I have made a grave mistake. My study of the darkness of the heart began with a simple psychological test and quickly snowballed. Spurred on by my youngest apprentice, Yenzo, I constructed a massive la laboratory in the basement of my castle. Unbeknownst to me, my six apprentices then began collecting a large number of subjects on which to perform dangerous experiments into the darkness of the heart. As soon as I found out, I called my apprentices together and ordered them not only to cease their studies, but to destroy the results of their research thus far. What on earth was happening within the hearts of my six beloved apprentices? While pursuing the mystery of the darkness of the heart, could they themselves have strayed into its depths? Yet I remain the most foolish of all for having begun these experiments. We are not meant to interfere in the depths of another's heart, no matter what our reasons for doing so. And my error plunged me into despair. A visitor from another world soothed my dejected soul. A tiny king named Mickey came wielding a legendary key, the infamous Keyblade, said to bring both chaos and prosperity to the world. He was very knowledgeable on many topics, and we deepened our friendship as we conversed companionably. Upon his advice, I decided to review the data obtained at my basement lab. That is when I discovered the Ansem's reports. Though they bore my name, the only one I had written was number zero. Apparently he had gone on to pin numbers one through eight himself. Yes, the first subject in my foolish experiments. Secret Ensign's Report 7. While beings born of darkness and those lacking hearts may find them convenient, it is dangerous for others to make much use of the corridors of darkness. Darkness erodes the heart. In search of a place to proceed with my research and planning away from prying eyes, I found myself in Twilight Town. It is a quiet village, forgotten in the chasm between light and darkness. I situated myself in the basement of an abandoned mansion, standing beyond the woods. My underground research resulted in one new discovery after another. When a heartless is born, the body and soul left behind are reborn into this world as a different being. They possess different intentions than their heartless brethren, and while it is unclear what these sentient things are after, it would appear they are responsible for much bedlam in the world. My erstwhile friend, the king and his subjects, along with a hero wielding the keyblade, are battling the heartless even as a new threat approaches. This new threat. They have given themselves a fitting name, I suppose. These non-being nobodies. A great number of nobodies have lost human form, as have the heartless. Yet the nobody born of someone with a strong heart retains its shape, with but the faintest of visible changes. It appears my betrayers have retained their human forms as nobodies, and are gathering more followers in hopes of furthering a new scheme. Organization 13, formed of 13 nobodies with my betrayers at its core, has divided into two. They are said to be carrying out some sort of research. Seeking to uncover the plans of this organization, I have decided to head for where six of its members have gathered, towering over the outer limits of the realm between darkness and light. Castle Oblivion.